Hi, and welcome to the Stress-Free JD Podcast. My name is Amanda Bynum, and I am an attorney, an educator, and I am interested in helping attorneys and law students learn how to thrive rather than just survive in a stressful profession. Technically, this is the first episode since the last one I made was just a little preview. And I figured the very best place to start a podcast or really any conversation about attorney stress or attorney stress management is to talk about the ABA National Task Force Report on Lawyer Wellbeing. Um, I've actually seen this quote in a lot of places, a lot of blogs and articles, a lot of introductions to recent CLEs on attorney well-being, and I wanted to quote it here and tell you where it came from. Quote, to be a good lawyer, one has to be a healthy lawyer. Sadly, our profession is falling short when it comes to well-being. The current state of lawyer's health cannot support a profession dedicated to client service and dependent on public trust. So that quote is from the ABA National Task Force Report on Lawyer Wellbeing, which was published in August of 2017. So the task force was actually like conceived and initiated by the ABA Commission on Lawyer Assistance Programs, along with the National Organization of Bar Council and the Association of Professional Responsibility Lawyers. And then in August of 2017, the task force uh, report was released and the official name is uh, the Path to Lawyer Wellbeing, Practical Recommendations for Positive Change. And it is a wellness study. You can be sure that earlier in my career, this issue or this report would not have caught my attention and it would not have resonated with me. But the study just kept coming up. I came across it in my studies about academic and bar success and support for law students. I came across it in my research about best practices for externship students and supervisors. And then again, last year, when I was attending a phenomenal leadership institute sponsored by the State Bar of Arizona, we spent an entire day after reading the task force report as homework, focusing on all of the different issues and areas of interest in the task force report. And I just felt so inspired that day. People were talking about meditation, and by people I mean practitioners, attorneys, they were talking about different hobbies and exercise and time management, and it really inspired me. I guarantee that exposure to the report and the recommendations that are in it have helped me to be more confident in sharing my story on various platforms um, and at continuing legal education workshops and seminars and with the students I teach. And when I was thinking about recording this podcast and I was looking back, you know, I really do think that it was after the Leadership Institute session on wellness that I really kicked myself into gear and really paid attention to my own health and well-being. So I'm really grateful for that opportunity and the really the whole institute was life-changing. Since then, I have noticed more and more awareness of the issues in the profession and I think the stakeholders are taking notice of the recommendations in the report. 
I think more and more lawyers are going to start paying attention and having more conversations about mental health and substance abuse that are widespread in the profession. And through this podcast, I am trying to be a leader in that. I am trying to advance well-being in the profession, and I want to be proactive in bringing awareness to um, and addressing the concerns expressed in the report. So I'm excited to hopefully make a positive difference in the profession by having open, transparent conversations about mental health, about substance abuse, and about just generally stress management and well-being within our profession. And ultimately, my goal is to provide guidance and resources for those who might be in need of help or just for lawyers who want to be better. And I love podcasts. And I find that as a former litigator and a current educator, it is many times much easier for me to just talk rather than to deliver content in in another medium. So I am a total newbie at podcasting, and I hope you will bear with me. I mean, even though I've kind of always known that a lot of lawyers are anxious and can sometimes be alcoholics and can kind of be jerks, the results of the ABA Task Force report on lawyer well-being study are just shocking. They're scary, and they should serve as a wake-up call for the profession. According to the report, between 21 and 36% of lawyers qualify as problem drinkers, and one in five lawyers are struggling with depression, anxiety, or stress, or a combination of those. And this is a self-reported study, so, I mean, anecdotally, maybe those results are higher because there is an issue with stigma of reporting these kind of things in the profession. Um, Another report also showed that law students are tracking at the same and similar numbers, And these problems are, in fact, the most prevalent among young lawyers in their first 10 years of practice. So that really resonates with me because I just finished my first 10 years of practice, and now I've just recently switched roles into helping young law students, um, new lawyers, transition into the profession. I mean, this is a really big problem, right? Why are young lawyers suffering the most? And my observations from being just a decade into legal practice, as well as my experience teaching law students, and then as a result, continuing to mentor them as they enter the profession, that increasingly young lawyers are expected to be sort of practice ready. And the expectation is that they will be both capable and ready to solve their clients' complex problems by you know, being lawyers. And that means collaboration with other professionals, And, you know, having a lot of professional competencies and things that they may or may not be adequately prepared for at the time that they enter the profession. This evidence also showed that lawyers are suffering from increased levels of suicide, work addiction, and sleep deprivation. I've been fortunate enough to not have an attorney suicide hit me close to home, but that's very prevalent. I have definitely seen some of the other ways that respondents reported having been impacted, including substance abuse disorders, including missed deadlines and inappropriate behavior, family concerns. 
These statistics do sound daunting, but the good news is that there are a lot of attorneys that learn how to thrive, and so many more tools exist today to combat these issues than ever existed before. Plus, the profession is behind the movement. After this report, I've seen a lot of other expansions, including now there's like an ABA committee on professionalism, there's now a center for professional responsibility, and just a lot of other things that are focusing on well-being in the profession and evidence of what I said, stakeholders paying attention in the legal community. And I wanted to talk to you about some resources that I personally found helpful that relate to the ABA task force report. So there was um, the well-being toolkit for lawyers and legal employers, which was released in August of 2018. And I ran across that in my research and it offers tools for legal employers that want to join the lawyer well-being movement and, and helps them to figure out how and gives ideas for launching organizational initiatives. I also found the Wellbeing Toolkit Nutshell, 80 Tips for Lawyer Thriving, which summarizes 80 of the toolkit's key, key items and gives tips for how to further the task force's mission. In 2018, at the ABA mid-year meeting, the House of Delegates passed Resolution 105, which made it a policy of the ABA to support the goal of reducing mental health and substance abuse disorders and urging stakeholders to consider recommendations set out in the report. One of the most important things about the report and why I personally think it's most important is because it emphasizes the need to eliminate the stigma of seeking help. It lays out a bunch of I don't know, maybe 50 or 60 recommendations on how we can improve on the well-being of the profession. 50 or 60 is a lot. That seems daunting. And so it is no wonder that it seems like such an overwhelming task to just be well. It is overwhelming, especially when we think about how broad the term well-being really is. It is probably a pretty subjective thing and it is super broad, which for me personally is a good thing if I'm going to make a podcast about well-being because there will be no shortage of things to talk about. But the task force report has a definition of well-being and it is, quote, a continuous process towards thriving across all life dimensions. And the report identifies six key dimensions of well-being. Number one, emotional. Number two, occupational, three, intellectual, four, spiritual, five, physical, and six, social. I think I could talk all day about what these different areas encompass, but I'm hoping that I'll get the opportunity to continue to elaborate in future episodes, and I hope to talk about the different ways to make improvements in these aspects of our lives and the profession with guests. The bottom line is that we have a responsibility as a profession to create a safe, confidential path to seeking and getting assistance. 
And we also have a responsibility to make it okay to be a lawyer that faces stress or has issues and make it okay to be a lawyer that figures out how to cope with the stress of the profession better and makes more positive life choices. With numbers this high, recognize that you are not alone in your endeavor to be a better lawyer. And the ABA is serious about this initiative. Last September, for example, they launched a campaign targeting substance use disorders and mental health issues among lawyers. And they had all of the big firms, all employers, um, sign a pledge and all of the big law firms joined in and they signed a pledge to support the initiative and adopt its recommendations for approved well-being. I noticed that the ABA is still doing Mental Health Day for law students and they're encouraging law schools to hold programs that break the stigma associated with depression and anxiety. So all the key players are in on this mission. And we need to realize that as a profession, we are in this struggle together. And the more I talk about it, the more people tell me that it makes a difference. The more I realize that we have the capability to help each other and to help make the profession better. The data in the task force report makes it seem like it's just a really bad or a tough time to be a lawyer. And I do agree that the profession is facing some difficult times, but I don't think that it has to stay this way forever. Uh, I think self-healing is something that is expected and needs to be emphasized more in the legal profession. I mean, if you think about it, we are trained as lawyers to be sort of human dilemma solvers. Lawyers, we are professional problem solvers. The pressure is constant, and the very thing that makes you a good lawyer might, in fact, be really bad for your personal well-being. I learned a little bit about this idea of catastrophizing, and I'm not sure where. It's come up in a couple of different things I've read. But um, the idea is that lawyers, we are like paid worriers. We are expected to predict the future, anticipate every threat, and guard against any threat that might arise. And, you know, when I was a public defender, I had to explain to my clients every single day what the worst possible case scenario might be. And I have to constantly make sure that I'm looking out for that. So this is a constant fight or flight mode that your brain is in. And, you know, that's good. You're trained to advise clients on the worst case scenario. Um, But when you start to do that in your personal life, this constant like pessimism and catastrophizing can really stress you out. No wonder you're stressed out. And add to that, we are all typically, a lot of lawyers are perfectionists. A lot of lawyers are type A personalities, right? And, you know, big law, judicial clerkships, a lot of really highly coveted attorney positions reinforce the idea that everything lawyers should do should be perfect and we must meet high expectations day after day we must work long hours and weekends and always be on and we must have constant responsibility over people's lives their livelihoods their money and wanting to do it well and do it perfectly is overwhelming i remember when i was in law school we had to do a like citation exercise where we were doing blue book or all wood and we had to figure out how to get the citations perfect. And I could never figure out how to not keep the periods italicized or something. And I remember that was the most stressful exercise and it just went on and on forever because there was perfectionism. And I realized I could never be like a lawyer that needed to pay that much attention to citation details. And that was okay for me to learn that early on. 
But I can imagine that that constant pressure for other people um, who don't have that self-awareness might be difficult because, you know, lawyers do tend to put way too much pressure on themselves. We are constantly in conflict. Um, It is literally someone else's job in every single case that we have to discredit our ideas, to fight against us, to discredit our interpretations. So frequently, you know, that can be very overwhelming. And in the midst of taking care of everyone else, a lot of times lawyers end up really bad at dealing with their own problems and they can ignore their own health and their own well-being practices in the process. I always like to use the oxygen mask analogy and I think it is a really good one. And you know this if you've ever flown on a plane and you've heard the flight attendant or the, you know, the quirky little recordings that they have now where they tell you in an emergency you must put on your own oxygen mask before you help someone else with their own. And that's because you'll run out of oxygen so quickly while helping someone else that you won't have time to help yourself and you can't help someone else when you're out of oxygen. And the same thing applies for attorneys and people in other helping professions. So many times they're so busy helping other people, they forget to put on their own oxygen mask. And that does affect their own ability to be a competent attorney because they're not helping themselves and giving themselves the oxygen that they need first. So how do we put on our oxygen mask and thrive rather than just survive in the profession How do we not let maladaptive coping mechanisms and poor well-being affect our ability to be competent attorneys? The task force gives some recommendations for all of the different stakeholders in the profession um, and ways that they can take action. And I want to just go through these briefly. I'm going to try to avoid a lot of commentary because there are uh, six of them with some subtopics. So... Number one, acknowledge the problems and take responsibility. Number two, leaders should demonstrate a personal commitment to well-being. They really emphasize that any type of big wide-scale change is going to require buy-in and role modeling from leadership. Leaders should be talking about this and they must be demonstrating well-being in their own lives. This also means um, or number three is facilitating, destigmatizing, and encouraging help-seeking behaviors. Lawyers are afraid of reaching out. They don't want to be labeled as weak. And this mindset can be super detrimental. I've already talked about stigma in this episode, so I don't want to belabor it. But my hope is that the more we talk about these issues in the legal community, the less stigma there is going to be attached to getting help. Number four foster collegiality and respectful engagement throughout the profession. The task force report identifies that there is a problem with incivility. So when you're working with other people, work towards building collegiality. This is going to make you um, more likely to accept feedback. You may be willing to discuss errors or speak about potential or actual problems. And I like to give advice to like always assume positive intention and to realize that your adversaries and judges, whoever, they're also human beings. So you need to always keep that in mind when you're dealing with them. Number five, provide high quality programs about well-being. 
lawyer and law students should be educated about well-being topics and these topics are very broad and the task force report acknowledges that these can include topics like work engagement, how to prevent burnout, stress, how to recover and recharge your battery, resilience, cognitive reframing, mindfulness, contemplative practice, developing your leadership skills, developing more work-related control and autonomy, which autonomy is a subject I love to talk about, so I can't wait for a future episode on that. They also talk about education in areas like work-life integration, what to do when work and life conflict, meaning and purpose in the profession. And then the last recommendation they give for stakeholders in the profession to take action is to support a lawyer well-being index to measure progress. I can't emphasize how important these issues are. I personally want to help by being a part of the movement. I want to re- reduce the stigma. I want to educate lawyers about how to thrive in the profession. The report concludes in an important way. It says, as a profession, we have the capacity to face these challenges and create a better future for our lawyers that is sustainable. We can do, not in spite of, but in pursuit of the highest professional standards business practices, and ethical ideals. With that, I conclude this episode discussing the ABA Task Force Report on well-being. I hope you will join me in future episodes where I plan to dive more deeply into some of these areas and hopefully equip you with some tools that will promote awareness and well-being in your workplace and in your future careers. I'm looking forward to inviting lawyers from different practice areas and backgrounds and we'll share what we have learned about how to thrive rather than just survive in a stressful profession. You can find me on Instagram, StressFreeJD, or on LinkedIn, Amanda Bynum from the University of Arizona. Send me your thoughts, comments, feedback, and concerns. Let me know if the poor audio is driving you crazy. I want to upgrade my equipment, but I don't quite have the ability to do that yet but I'm trying not to stress out about it.